So this morning, the message is called, If Then. And for the past few weeks, we've talked about opportunities. Opportunities to serve, opportunities to recognize the difference between a truth, a way, and a life, and the truth, the way, and the life. And opportunities to recognize and choose what is good and pure and lovely. And every day we have many choices to exercise our God-created and Christ-secured freedom to make choices that affect our lives in small ways and also in deep and impactful ways. And like a rippling, ripple spreading outward on the water, our choices affect those around us. A choice, the decision that is met with blessings and favor if we do so with honor and obedience to our Heavenly Father who, like our earthly fathers, delights when he sees us do what is right. That's right, because God wants us to prosper within the loving limits of his commandments. Proverbs 3, 6 advises, says, In everything you do, if you put God first, then he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. In verses 11 and 12 from the same chapter elaborate, he says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. See, any parents here this morning have do any of you have trouble explaining this concept to your kids as you discipline them? You know, why do we create rules for our children? It's to keep them safe. It's to help them mature and grow in a healthy way and perhaps to minimize some nuisance, right? You ever have, uh, this is more of a grandkid thing now, but you ever have the, you're trying to do something, you're cooking or whatever, or you're on the phone and you got the tug on your leg and dad, 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 just like dad, dad. You go, what? It's gotta be important. And then you go, yes, Aubrey, sometimes dogs are brown. Then you go back to what you're doing. <laughs> but God loves that. We talked about that this morning in the car. It's like God just wants to hear from you like a father wants to hear from his kid. So if then, you know, as the verse described, if you put God first, then he will crown your efforts. In math, they call this a conditional statement. If this happens or if this equals something, then something else happens or becomes true. So who thought we'd be talking about math and other school lessons at church? So my teacher, algebra teacher, Mr. Verlinden, was right. I would someday use it again. Did never think it would be in here. But speaking of Sunday school lessons, I accidentally learned a lesson. I was trying to make a point several years ago about our value. And you've heard me talk about this. How God made us and values each one of us. It's this value of us that determines our worth. Not because of what others say or think about us or even what we think about ourselves. I thought I was safely making a point when I asked this, addressed this group of children. I said, everyone here who thinks they're stupid, just stand up, okay? Just stand up. I'm not sure if I was surprised or not, but there was absolutely no movement in the room. And after a few more seconds, this little boy, Johnny, stood up. And so I asked, Johnny, do you think you're stupid? And I was prepared to explain to him why you know, why he's a value and no one's stupid. And you know what he says? He says, no, sir, but I hated to see you stand up there all by yourself. <laughs> that may have been a preacher story. That may not have actually happened. <laughs> if this, then that. Now, if, that's a pretty little word, but it's a powerful word. As we've learned during the past few Sunday's messages, if we serve others, if we know the difference between what is of God and what is of the world, and if we choose what is right, then God pours out his promises on us. See, if speaks directly to our responsibility to God. Although the if-then statement is a conditional one, 
I want to be clear that the condition is solely on our side. See, Jesus himself used the word if 574 times, and here's what that tells us. He always put the word if on man's side of the equation and never on God's side. If we do, then God will do. Since God speaks only in truth and is eternally faithful, everything that he says must be a promise. A promise that we can hope in. And that is a hope as the Bible defines it. A confident expectation, not just a wish. And this is such a constant that it isn't really a condition at all. We can't take the statement like this morning's scripture, remember, and substitute the word since. Becky read it. She said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So if we were to take the word if, and if we were to say, since we confess our sins, he will be faithful and just, that would make the statement untrue. Because God is always faithful, and he's always just, and these are just a part of his character. They're indisputable and independent of us and our actions and beliefs. You see, just because a person doesn't think that God is being fair about something doesn't change the fact that he's just. However, if, or rather when, we confess our sins, God's promise to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness becomes true. This is the fulfillment of his promise of faithfulness. I want to take a few minutes and just look at some of the if-then promises of the Bible. In particular, I, I want to go to 1 John, that book. There's several in there. And I'll go fairly quickly. 1 John verse 1, chapter, 7, or chapter 1, verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with the one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light as he does, then we have fellowship with him. 1.9, this is from the scripture remember. If we confess our sins, then he is faithful and just to forgive us. 2.1, if anyone does sin, then we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. If you have heard from the beginning, if, you, if what you have heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. If we love one another, then God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. If we ask anything according to his will, then he hears us. So if you attend church here every Sunday, then you will hear two to three attempts at humor from the pulpit. Catch that? <laughs> Brent, I didn't hear that, but I'll listen to it on tape later and I'll find out what you said. Friends, are you seeing the hope in these promises that are available to us if we just do our part? Walking in the light, confessing our sins, keeping God's word in our heart, loving one another. These aren't impossible tasks, and they're known, and they're constant. This is what we have to do. That rule doesn't change. Also, though some of these are tougher than others, which is why it is so important to practice things like acceptance and forgiveness, even for ourselves. We get so hung up on, on accepting others and forgiving others, we don't always remember that we need that as well. We talk about these regularly here because we can be they can become an unnecessary barrier to love we are called to show towards others and ourselves. That unconditional love of God that abides and is perfected in us. So speaking of math, did you know there are 750 promises in the New Testament alone? 
And I need to be honest with you, for a few months I was going to make this statement during offering. This was the, what I was going to say earlier. I prepared this. Church, I have prepared three messages for this morning service. $1,000 will get you the five-minute version. $500 will get you the 15-minute version. And $50 will get you the one that lasts a full hour. Now we're going to take a collection and see which one you've chosen. <laughs> Once I realized that although I could potentially be creating a much-needed windfall for the church offering, I also ran a risk of getting my feelings hurt and actually opted to exclude it. So sorry, Larry. <laughs> I'll report it. Okay. <laughs> that being said, I will not be reading all 750 biblical promises. However, I do want to share some scriptures that I believe will continue to deepen your hope in these promises. Okay. As we've already read this morning, God has promised salvation from sin. This was made possible through the birth, sinless life, and sacrificial death of Jesus Christ, who was our Savior. And we're really going to be looking at that deeply the next couple of weeks as we move towards Easter. You know, God has promised a place for us in heaven. In fact, Jesus told us that his Father's house has many rooms, which he has gone before us to prepare the way. God has promised comfort. 2 Corinthians reminds us that he comforts those who mourn. He also shares in the suffering and shares in our comfort. God has promised rest. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Matthew 11, 28, 29. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And it's not just the kind of rest you need from physical exertion, but emotional exertion and stress and anxiety. Just come to me and let me take that from you. You were never designed to carry that kind of burden of worry. God has promised mercy. James 5.11 tells us that our God is full of compassion and mercy. And God has promised to meet our needs. Now, this is not the same as our wants or our wishes, our desires, but he's promised to meet our needs. In Philippians, he says, the apostle Paul delivers a promise on God's behalf, and he wrote this. He says, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. And God has promised that he knows what is good for you and he'll provide. Matthew 7, 11 draws comparison when he asks, if you, that's us with our limited power and wisdom, want good for our children, because we do, how much more will God provide good gifts for his children, which is who we are? In Jeremiah 29, 11, you'll recognize this. For I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. It is so reassuring to know that the one who knows and controls all has me in his mind, has you in his mind. God has promised eternal life. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. And we know that. Sin separates us from God. But the free gift, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay? He is the one that bridges that gap, that reconciles our relationship an atonement for our sin and this is a big one God had promised a way and he's provided it it's a way to a relationship with him through Jesus Christ a way to spiritually survive this world because he cares for us he comforts us and supports us and a way to face its challenges and temptations and you know this verse from 1 Corinthians no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man because okay? all the things we deal with all the stress and the anxiety and the worry and the, the temptations Everybody deals with them in some capacity. And this is not a new problem. This is biblical stuff. But it says, God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Okay, so that tells me, if I don't think I can take it anymore, God says, I can. That doesn't mean I should. 
but it means, okay, you know, you're tough enough for this, so don't get discouraged. But he says, but with temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Now, the way of escape, it may be stop. It may be turn away it, it's from whatever you're doing. It may be turn towards him. But you've always got a choice to make. We've been talking about these choices for a while. And God has promised justice. And we talked about this uh, several months ago when the, the message, what a good judge does. And it's justice. It's fairness based on love and, um, and just having knowledge and wisdom and compassion. Okay? We want to get even. And that flies in the face of the peace we should feel, of the love we should feel towards someone. And we could never get someone back well enough to probably satisfy this worldly opinion we have. But God has it within his control to justly evaluate everyone and everything. And God has promised spiritual gifts and talents. James 1, 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach. It will be given to him. Now, we talked about spiritual gifts, and we can get into this some other time. And there's a lot of talents. And maybe your, maybe your talent is a servant heart. Maybe your talent is, um, you know, in a practical skill that God uses for you to reach out to the community. You guys had a shoe store, and you, you're great in the communities, and ice cream right behind you, right? Because that's like one of the places. That's like part of the town, I mean, the relationships you had, the people's lives you touch and continue to touch, that's a part of how God is using something that you've done for his purpose. God has promised an advocate, a redeemer, and then a helper. Luke 3, 16, 17, we know this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. We have an advocate. He's with his father pleading our case. He's our redeemer. He says, I've already paid the price with my life for all that they've done and continue to do. And this helper, we're going to talk about this. Jesus promised to send back a helper. God promised to send back a helper, and he did. And we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks, this forgotten part of God, the, the third part. And God has promised to love us forever. This one feels good. Romans 8, 37 and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Now hang in there. This is the Apostle Paul talking who likes to eliminate all loopholes. Okay? He says, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today or worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is there anything he left out? There's nothing that can separate. God wants that relationship with you, okay? Christianity, I've said this before, is not us seeking him, not us reaching up, up to him. Christianity is God reaching down to us. So friends, of all these promises, what promises are you standing on right now? Which one are you relying on to get you through the day and through this week and through this month? Or what promise do you need the reassurance of to support your faith during whatever you're going through right now? And if I could help you find that answer to that if question, I'd like to. And if you've been blessed by the promises of our great God, and we all have, haven't we? Then, then you have a responsibility to share the encouragement of that promise with others. And I say this often, your story is very special and unique to you, and no one can tell it like you can. 
if you are prepared to share it and if you have the courage to do so, then there will be someone blessed by what you have to share. So my prayer for you this week is this, and it's on the back of the bulletin as well, that you allow God's promise to shine fully on your life. With all of us joys and challenges, successes and problems, may you always make the decision that removes the if from the equation so that God's blessings flow richly upon you without question and without delay. Let's pray. Father God, we love your promises. There are so many of them. And we could just study and study and study, but there are some that just are automatically just ingrained in our heart. We know you love us. We know you accept us. We know you want good for us. We know you want a relationship with us. God, of all the things in the world we can't control, there is one that we can, and that is how we respond to those things that you want for us. If we accept you, if we turn to you, if we rely on you. And God, that's a decision we have to make constantly. Because before this day ends, we will struggle with something and we can choose to get discouraged or we can, we can push on. And God, you tell us that if we continue to carry that cross daily, if we continue to continue to, to try again to be more like your son and the character that he exhibits, then we know that we will be forever in a relationship with you relationship that is very blessed God to the extent that we can we ask that you give us opportunities to share our stories to share our testimony to tell people about the promises we've benefited from not just the miracles but the promises that, have, that you've taken care of us that we've always had our needs somehow met that we've always remained positive to some degree, feeling joy in all circumstances, even if we are sad or unhappy. God, there's a peace that comes when you speak to us, when you're a part of our life, and we seek that for ourselves, but we want to share it with others. And God, as always, I just want to lift up this church and this congregation to you. I thank you for everyone here today. I thank you for the opportunities presented by the empty places and the pews that there are room, there's room for people that want to seek a relationship with you. God, what an awesome place, awesome people, worshiping an awesome God. Help us remember to invite our friends so they can seek you and find you here. May we always be a congregation that's welcoming and inviting. May we lift this entire service up to you. Amen.